ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Greg Dutcher sitting across from me. Greg, what's going on, dude? Man, I'm just loving this January, dude. I mean, you know, I get bummed in January. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a, if there is such a thing to that seasonal effective thing, right. I got it. I mean, I think they came up with that because of me. <laughs> and uh, to be able to come with you, dude, and have these weekly conversations with some women to kick off yeah. 2017. Yeah. With great insights. Uh, I'm loving it. I'm fired up. Yeah. You know, last week was cool because we had Amy Bird on talking about uh, her book, No Little Women. Um, Boy, she was great, wasn't she? Yeah. Man. That was very exciting. And today, so excited to have um, our next guest, uh, Kathy Westland, uh, joining us with her book, Prayer Pathway. And again, this is from PNR Press. Um, who's kind of been partnering with us over the years um, to bring uh, you, our listeners, some great, great um, quality uh, theological uh, books, educational materials, um, everything. So really excited. Um, Kathy, how are you today? I'm fine, thanks. It's so great to have you on with us. Um, Kathy, we just want to give you a few minutes to uh, let our listeners get to know you a little bit. So uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, friends, family, what you do, um, all that crazy stuff. So, you know, whatever whatever you feel like telling us, go ahead and tell us. Okay. Well, I um, live in the Midwest in a small town in Wisconsin, and um, at the I'm at the tail end of homeschooling five children. I have two uh, my last two students are in their junior year of high school, so I get mm. to graduate pretty soon. Nice. Um, and we lived in inner city Minneapolis for a number of years doing urban ministries, and uh, we miss the city a lot in a lot of ways, and um, the country's been a big adjustment for us, but it's beautiful here too as well. Um, I have a, a small ministry for women called Gather Together, that is a mentoring ministry that's been a bit on hiatus for the last month as I've been working about on her pathway. Hmm. So pretty much me right now. Great. And just so our listeners can get a picturesque view, Kathy, well, we talked earlier. I don't know if it's still, is it still snowing where you are? It is. Oh. It has been snowing beautifully all day. It's just beautiful, fluffy snow, and I haven't looked at any apps to see how long it'll continue, Yeah, but yep, it's beautiful outside. Wish I could show you. Oh, that's nice. That's No, I got a picture of my mind's eye. That's the only thing I like about winter. I do like a nice snowfall. Mm-hmm. Don't like shoveling yeah, it's beautiful. it. beautiful. I have a couple candles lit. And, oh, that's nice. And it's just perfect. Yeah, so hopefully awesome. our listeners are listening to this in cold weather. Uh, it's probably strange that they're listening in Miami or something, but right. <laughs> um, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's a good uh, good reminder. But I like to get a picture of where our guest is when we're talking to her. And if I can just say from the get go, thank you for writing this book, Kathy. Because I mean, obviously, there's no shortage of books on prayer. So to me, every book on prayer that grabs me, there's something usually sort of unique about it, uh, different about it. And to me, what stands out is the format of your book was so unique. And did I rob your first question, Nathan? Uh, no, not quite. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing that in all of our interviews lately. I, I need to back down. I'm mm. too much caffeine. Um, but uh, could, could you talk about the way you formatted and structured this book? Um, actually, Kathy, before we jump into okay, that one, please, please, um, yeah. could you could you tell us what inspired you uh-huh. to write? this book and write a book on prayer? Yeah, better first question. Good. Sure. Sure. Um, Well, this prayer pathway is 
the fruit of my own prayer life. I didn't set out to write a book on prayer. I I um, experienced over the years great frustration in praying, great frustration in uh, focusing my mind's attention on what I wanted to pray about, especially as a mom of young children. I would put my mind to pray and 30,000 things, including three at that time, <laughs> little people would interfere. And um, I I was frustrated. I promised people I'd pray for certain things. I was committed and concerned about certain things. And uh, it all just felt very... Um, very frustrating. Mm-hmm. So I started just, I read a lot of books on prayer, and there are a lot of great books on prayer, but I started just turning to the Bible as my prayer book and um, writing down verses that would focus my praying. And mm-hmm. as I did that, I had at some points in my life used the acronym ACTS, which everybody knows, A-C-T-S, mm-hmm. in, in helping me pray. But I was frustrated with it ending with supplication because there was so much in the Bible about yielding. So I started seeing this, you know, I I called it a path, and I used the acronym of the word prayers. Praise, repent, ask, yield, express thanks, rejoice, shalom. Mm. And it just helped guide my thoughts, whether or not I went through each of those steps in one prayer session or drifted through them during the day. It just kind of helped. I think of it as a path, not as a chain or as a formula, but just as a gentle guide in my head of a way to pray. And so I started just a notebook and writing verses down that helped me in those each of those areas. And I'm a quote nerd. I love quotations. Collecting, <laughs> I have thousands of quotations, but I, certain ones just hit right for certain segments. So I started slapping those in my notebook. And as time went on, I would um, share my provision with various people and got a lot of interest of people saying, you know, I like this. And I would say, well, go to Target, buy a notebook and some tabs and do it. And you know, they'd say, no, somebody should just print it, and then I could buy it. So um, in 2013, I self-published it in a completely different format with um, a different subtitle. It was Prayer Pathway, A Sojourner's Guide. And um, subsequently, PNR saw it, and they picked it up, and we've revised it and reformatted it in the current book that you've probably seen. Mm. Excellent. Is that enough background? Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, So uh, now leading into Greg's question, could you talk to us a little bit about the format of the of the book and and how um, someone might, uh, you know, want to pick it up and use it? Right. Well, let me first say that I I, for me, it's helpful when I think of um, our life each day is a little part of our our sojourn of our whole life. Right. Each day. Mm -hmm represents, I call it a day trip. This mm-hmm. is just our trip for the day, and this is really all we have. So we can make plans to pray, or we can wish we prayed, mm. but we really can't. We can't pray yesterday, and we can't pray tomorrow, but we can pray today. So um, I like to think of any tool as something that can be modified for a person's life. So um, Prayer Pathway is the book itself is set up in segments representing each step. Praise, repent, ask, 
yield, express thanks, rejoice, shalom. And each section has a little bit of, I call blabbing, a little bit of teaching from me on that step of prayer, but the bulk of it is the Bible. And I just encourage people to read the list of verses until you've... I, I just keep a little sticky note on the verse and move it to the next verse the next day, and if that verse expresses my heart or what I wish my heart felt, then I'll just pray that verse, and I may stay in a segment for a long time, or I may just flit on. Um, I think that one of the things I really needed to learn in prayer was that there's a lot more in the Bible about yielding. There's a lot more about repenting and yielding in the Bible than there is about asking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's really important. I, I, the section I did on repent is a bit unusual, and I really tried to focus on uh, having us be not just vaguely thinking, okay, no sin there, but to you know, really analyze ourselves and see what God might want us to repent of or to think about, and then in yielding, after we've asked for things, to really ask with an open hand and then yield it to God's will. Mm-hmm. Um, the book, they're also, I don't know, do you want me to keep talking? No, or? please. Yeah, please. absolutely. This is great. I, I wanted to provide, one of the main things I need to communicate is, as I said, it's not a formula. It doesn't need to be done this way, but I wanted to provide lots of resources that people could customize uh, an approach to prayer as they want to do, too. So there are resources in the back of um, daily prayer guides, prayer lists, um, prayer recording sheets. And for myself, I stopped recording everything I was praying for. I I have a weekly list of people I pray for every day, Mm -hmm. and I open it each day to who's ever on that list to remind myself every morning. But I stopped recording actual prayer requests and answers because I found that I was getting too fixated on that. And if I didn't have time to write mm. things out or got behind, then I'd get discouraged about, uh, yes. about it. So I just I, I just left that, and I just look at my list and pray um, for those individuals during the day. Hmm. Yeah, so there are a lot of resources there. They're also at my website for people to download, and they're at PNR, too. So they are available without buying the book. Excellent. I think one of the things, Kathy, that stood out to us in your book, too, uh, I like how you say you, the reader really can customize it because, I, I will be honest, one of my aversions to many books on prayer is they're so um, – I mean, they might have some great things, some very helpful uh, aids and resources, yet they're so rigid mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I sometimes think, man, I'm – I don't know. I'm just different. I might approach it differently. I think your book definitely, um, to me, you put a lot out there on the table, and it's almost like a buffet. That's how I mm-hmm. took it. And believe me, when I say something like a buffet, <laughs> Nathan, I'll tell you, that's a high compliment. Um, so I, I, I see that buffet, and I think, oh, okay, you know, you've got the, uh, you got the red skin potatoes here. Oh, I could see me, you know, uh, getting a big plate of that. Uh, mm-hmm. This here, maybe not as much. And uh, I just wanted to uh, to commend you on that. I think it's very helpful for the reader because we are all quite different in maybe right. the way we approach things. Uh, and what you just shared, I have to say, years ago I heard a pastor who I like very much speak, how he was praying. Oh, this goes back probably to the 70s and 80s. Uh, and he said, 
he would write down in just uh, one of those college ruled notebooks mm-hmm. every request. And then when there was an answer to prayer, one that he could discern perhaps was that they prayed for somebody in need of a job or something like that, he would record it. And I thought, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I got so focused on doing that, that prayer was almost a means to that quote unquote greater end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, wait a minute, this is, I'm not saying it was for the man who originally shared it. I don't think it was at all. I think it was very organic, very natural in his relationship with the Lord to do that. But it is one of those things that, um, is very different for each person. So, um, that's just a comment. I have a question I have for you. You had mentioned, um, earlier when you were talking, the idea of prayer you didn't say this, but this is what I took out of it, that we're not just going to drift into praying regularly, passionately, are we? Uh, it does take some planning, does it not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, talk to us about that more, Kevin, because I find that fascinating that, you know, yeah, oh, I wish I had prayed more last week, <laughs> you know, is a, right. most Christians can relate to. But the idea of planning to pray next week, put put some more meat on that bone for us. Okay. Um I think unless unless a person is a true mystic, very few of us are um, mystics who would pretty much let everything go in their life in order to focus on God and on thinking about God and contemplating God. And frankly, if most of us were that, everything would go to pot and our <laughs> homes would be horrible and our, uh, yes. you know, a lot of things wouldn't be happening. So most of us are very busy or very torn with other things, and it's hard to have prayer be a priority. So I find, personally, a, a prayer list really helpful for my day. As I say, I, I pop it open first thing in the morning. When I turn on my light over my desk, I pop it over, Oh, and it helps me. But I also have found um, technological devices are helpful. I have an alarm set on my in my iCal that pings me at 9 o'clock to tell me who I'm praying for that day, even though I just looked at it earlier in the morning, and it just reminds me, and I have five kids, so each of them have a certain prayer day, and sometimes I'll text them, they know what their prayer day is, and they know I pray for them every day, but they have a specific designated prayer day, and I tell them, you know, either come up with something or I'll make something up to pray for you, (laughs) but I will be be praying for you. My husband um, has his phone rig, so on his drive into the office, it lists a prayer for me with a verse. So it's spe- his phone, he has it recorded, so it speaks out the prayer topic and the verse that he's praying for me that day. Okay. Um, I also really encourage people to have, you know, it's really easy, I think, to subscribe to the cliche that routine is legalism. And I I don't think, I think it's really important to separate out legalism from healthy routines. We don't Mm -hmm. think it's legalistic when we feed our kids healthy meals three times a day, and we shouldn't (laughs) think legalistic when we plan carefully for our spiritual life. We know, I mean, we know we're not earning anything from God by praying. Prayer is His means to meet us. It's Mm -hmm. not, we're not doing anything for Him. We're not Gaining his approval, we can't be loved any more for him by him, but um, we're gaining his comfort and his um, 
presence and his forgiveness. So in, in, in setting prayer routines, I think we're demonstrating to ourselves how much this matters and how much we need it. Mm. And we're, we're also just helping ourselves do what we want to do. For example, um, I have a, in the, in prayer pathway, there's a list of 31 ways to pray for your husband, 31 ways to pray for your, your spouse, 31 ways to pray for anyone you love. And there's just a daily prayer topic. So when I make my bed in our bed in the morning, I pray for Randy and I pray for that prayer topic for the day. I don't have to remind myself anymore because that's just a habit. It's not legalism. Sure, it's sure. a habit. I make the bed and I pray for him and it takes five minutes. Bam. It's, it's done. And, um, it matters. It just, it really matters. And it's one of the ways I express my love for him. And then I don't have to nag myself. I haven't prayed or went to the last, when was the last time I prayed for my husband? Because it's just part of the flow and the rhythm of life. Yes. Mm. Yes. Well said. I like that, uh, that distinction, Kathy, the, uh, there is a difference between healthy routine and legalism, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'll, uh, that's a joke with my wife, just to let you know. I remember one time um, I uh, failed to remember to pick up my two younger children from elementary school. And uh-huh. uh, Lisa was – she wasn't none too happy with me considering <laughs> she had reminded me maybe seven times that day <laughs> knowing my propensity to forget. And so we were sharing this story when you know she was a little less frustrated a few weeks later. And we were sharing it with some friends and um, – my friend said, so I bet Lisa was pretty frustrated. Yeah, it's like, yeah, she expects me to pick up the kids from school. She's such a legalist. Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of sometimes you use the, the term like that. And you're like, yeah, we overuse that term uh, <laughs> to healthy routines and normal expectations that are good and healthy. Um, well, and I think those things are part of Jesus' life. We don't understand fully the rhythm of his life, but we know that yes. imp- he bring a culture at the time that the Shema was said first thing in the morning and probably last thing at night. We know there were certain Hebraic prayers that were prayed over every meal, and sure. they may have been Pharisaic. They may, you know, they certainly weren't prescribed um, to to the Israelites, but they were helpful. You know, I would think they would be; those things would be helpful yes. done in the right way. So I don't think I don't think we should be afraid of it because. Habits habits help us, and they buoy us along if we're if our motivation is correct. Yes, mm. yes. Uh, once again, just want to remind our listeners we are um, talking here with Kathy Westland about um, her book Prayer Pathway: Journeying in a Life of Prayer. Um, Kathy, you talk about that that rhythm and that routine that that you have. Um, I my fear is that there is so much material out there about the quote unquote perfect godly proverbs 31 looking woman um mm-hmm. could you talk to us about some people that might have a different rhythm in routine um because i know so many women who talk about you know what i can't get up at 5 in the morning to mm-hmm. start my devotions you know i know my mother in law she will do hers at night before bed because uh-huh. she is just not a morning person uh-huh. mm-hmm. um you know my wife has come to get up early but being a school teacher she's like i have to be up early anyway so that's mm-hmm. just a more convenient time for me to do that um can you talk to us about about some of that grace and freedom 
Um, so not so much the importance of when, but the importance of the consistency is what I'm getting from you. Right. Um, yes. In fact, I had a conversation with uh, a woman friend about this yesterday. I think it is uh, when when we're conscientious and convicted about our faith life, it's, it's really easy to feel like failures or to feel that we're not spending enough time. And I really encourage, especially young moms, young women. Yes. Uh, I remember feeling, you know, I'd hear sermons about so-and-so who got up at, you know, four in the morning because he had to pray more because he wasn't going to get time during the day and, <laughs> and felt um, conviction about that. But I also think, you know, for a young mom, I'm thinking of the verse in Isaiah 40 where it talks about God shepherding those who have young lambs. He was, it talks about, I think it's Isaiah 40, carrying the young lambs between his shoulders and gently leading those who are with young. I, I think God, better than we do, knows our frailty yes. and knows our needs and has given seasons of life to represent different things. You hear of older people who need less sleep and they are wide awake at five in the morning, rearing to go. And um, for the young mom, I think it's really important to give in to the need to sleep and to be rested, to know that um, days can drag long and hard, and a rested mom is probably going to tap more into the energy God has for her in caring for her children than a tired, overwrought mom. Um, you maybe have heard the anecdote of Susanna Wesley with her 17 kids, and she yeah. just put her eight her head to pray and yeah. um, for a time in our family life I had a I used prayer shawls a lot but the prayer shawl was a symbol to my kids um, that they could pretty much do whatever they wanted as long as they, <laughs> they pray but my thinking about Susanna Wesley and her apron is she may have been dozing under that apron and just right. trying to shut the world out who knows yeah. <laughs> um, right. but it is you know that there are creative ways to say to those around us you know I need something I need something now. I sometimes lit a candle. My kids knew that was my way to bring light into the darkness and to see God's presence there if I was um, really discouraged. So I would, you know, I think of time in the Word that I'm at a stage in life that I can spend more time in the Word than when I had a lot of young kids around me. And I... I really recommend the book, The Daily Light Devotional. Huh. Um, it goes back to the 1800s, and uh, when I used it in college, I, I loved it, and then I kind of thought it was just a little too simple and had to get into meteor things. And then I went back to it. If it's good enough for Amy Carmichael and all yeah. the Graham <laughs> families and Hudson Taylor's relatives, it's probably good enough for me. So there were times in um, my life when my nibble of Daily Light it was on my bedside table first thing in the morning, last thing at night, that might be all I got. Yeah. And that that was good. Um, the other thing I really encourage is when we do um, even just Bible story reading to our littlest kids or our um, growing kids, to think of, we don't just check out there as, you know, like you can read Dr. Seuss pages and stick the pages together and they don't really notice. I mean, they do really notice that you <laughs> skip through the pages and because you kind of are checked out. Well, when we're doing our Bible reading with them, we may glean things from their questions or from seeing a Bible story written 
for children's eyes that we haven't seen before. And that can be all part of our devotional life. It's, it, it's not separate. It's part of our devotional day. It doesn't mean getting out a commentary on Romans and plowing through it verse by verse, mm. but it is um, something that God will use if our eyes are open and we're looking for what he has for us. Hmm. Yeah, excellent, excellent, Kathy. Um, one of the things it's it's hard because they really want people to read this and use this book, uh, particularly those that I think say, "Yeah, I, I, you know, I really do want to um, have more of a catalyst to my prayer life." I think though that person, which is most of us, if we're honest, say, "Yep, it's not something I drift into." Mm-hmm. Uh, better praying, more fervent prayer. Um, this book will be a tremendous help for you. I can uh, tell all of our listeners that very confidently. Uh, so I don't want to just recap everything you shared, but the last um, letter in your acrostic prayers, Shalom. Mm-hmm. Very just, uh, I don't know, I find that very, very appealing. I was reading that this morning. Could you unpack that for us a little bit? Uh, some readers might not even know, yeah, Shalom, that's Hebrew, right? What exactly is that? Um, right. Talk to us about that. Shalom is Hebrew for peace, and um, it kind of reflects a um, completeness, uh, a finishing, and I consciously put a period after that title. We kind of discussed it with P&R because it's unusual to put a period in a title Uh of a chapter, Uh, but I like the finality of just saying shalom, shalom. Um, it, It embodies to me the idea of I'm done, I'm at peace, and um I think it's a good way, good way to end prayer. So in that section of the book, there are lots of verses that have shalom in them. And I, the verse I ended that chapter is, God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. And that just is a peaceful way to end our, end our prayer time. Hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I love that. I read a book. I don't know if you've ever read it, Kathy. Uh, Cornelius Plantinga um, wrote a book many years ago. It was, I think it was called The Doctrine of Sin. It was not the way it's supposed to be. Um, And he really spent some time at the beginning of the book unpacking the concept of shalom. And it really is, it's one, it's a beautiful word. It sounds beautiful, but its meaning is so beautiful. Uh, The the peace that we have with God, what what he's wrought. And uh, I think he defined sin in that book as, I remember it was a great definition the culpable disturbance of shalom, um, mm. which is what we've brought into the world. And just, just to find that shalom in prayer um, and in his presence is a, a very, very moving uh, moving thought. Um, right. And, and Jesus describes himself as peace. I mean, he's, yes. he is peace, and he gets peace, and he leaves peace, not as our troubled world does. So it's um, it's important to think that we're ending our time of prayer in him, but we're going on in him because he's peace over everything. Yes. Um, Kathy, I just want to uh, read this um, section. This is a a prayer of Shalom. Um, And you have, uh, Dear Jehovah Shalom, Prince of Peace and Eternal Holy Spirit, you are our only peace in this turbulent world. You are with me every step of my life's journey 
hedging me in behind and before. My heart is tattered from the bat from the battle, but your peace holds me together. This present darkness is not dark to you. I rest knowing that you are awake. You are holding and guarding me. I am safe under your wings. I have nothing to fear. I will walk in the name of the Lord my God forever. I am in peace. Amen and amen. Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen. Psalm eighty nine fifty two. It's beautiful. And I just have to say, I mean, not only um, is is your commentary and in, in these prayers that you have in here um, so helpful and, and beautiful, but also just you talked about this how saturated this book is with scripture. I feel like sometimes we forget that the ultimate um, prayer guide for us as Christians is the Bible, and mm-hmm. we we tend to feel like we have to come up with some grand word or some, you know, lengthy dissertation that we have, you know, quote unquote, not plagiarized. Um, Mm -hmm. And and we find that, you know, our our greatest prayers are scripture. You know, when when Satan comes to tempt Jesus, his response, even being the son of God, his response isn't some lengthy dissertation that he came up with on the spot. It was to revert back to the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I love how you do that all throughout this book. Um, can you talk to us a bit about um, the scriptures that you're pulling out um, for each section, what they represented to you um, in, while you were writing this? Right. Well, I try to, at the beginning of each section, I'm looking at Shalom right now, right um, at the beginning of the chapter, I try to have each chapter uh, have a verse or two that embodied the essence of what that step was, and mm-hmm. then a quote that kind of summed it up. Mm-hmm. And my th- the way I've used that is sometimes, you know, I may just go right to those pages and have that be the center of my, pa- my prayer, not in a, a rigid um, rote way, mm-hmm. but in um, my heart needs this help way. Mm-hmm. I-, I need this help to even think through what I'm praying. So in each segment, I chose, I tried to choose the verses that seemed, um, I didn't want to take verses out of context, so I wanted to look at the context they were in and see if the verse isolated still represented that context and the integrity of that context. Mm. And then, so each section of the book just has a section of Bible verses starting, you know, in Bible order, and then there is space on the column on the sides to write your own verses or prayers or comments. And almost every page has a quotation of some sort by a giant who has gone before us. The quotes go, I think, from Augustine to Piper, basically, um, in, in random order, not in chronological order, excuse mm-hmm. me, but in... Um, following the theme of that chapter, wherever they're placed, they're, they're supposed to be the theme of that chapter. Some of them are a little bit of a leap, but. Mm. Uh, Let us uh, commend you, Kathy, for contextually uh, or your contextual sensitivity. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have to say, I, uh, the uh, family life pastor at our church, he and I were looking for, for our Christmas Eve service a few weeks back. Uh, a book we could give to the kids. We we called the kids up uh, as part of the service. We had a kind of fun interactive story time with them 
for our special nice. Christmas Eve service. It, it, it was a lot of fun. We had such difficulty finding a children's book on Christmas with the meaning of Christmas. I, it surprised me rather that uh, I mean, I mean, there were some good ones that were a little out of our range. We were looking for the five dollars since we gave them out in bulk, um, but the number of verses uh, that were out of context was mm-hmm. staggering. You know, and we thought, are we going to find one? We finally found one or two we felt good about. But I appreciate that. Yeah, books on prayer, I don't know what it is, are at times notorious <laughs> for out-of-context <laughs> verses, you know, because maybe the language of a particular psalm, which really has little to do with the subject at hand, but it sounds good on the face of it, particularly if you get it in the right version. And I just want to say it was it was quite apparent that these verses aren't just kind of flippantly chosen uh, to fill in some pages. I think our, our readers, our listeners, hopefully readers, will know that as well. Right, and I I should say another, uh, make another comment about the quotations. Some of them, I those quotations that have um, buoyed my own faith and encouraged me. I can't say that all of them, you know, if, if, I, if you dig into the person who from who the quote came, you might go, whoa, this is a little bit non-reformed or whatever. Oh, sure, sure. Um, but I chose ones that were, that kind of add ballast and, and are inspiring and helpful. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a very extensive, did a great job. I'm sorry, my phone is clicking in, so ignore that. But they <laughs> did a great job uh, with a really detailed, careful, scholarly, in the back of all the quotations and the, and the sources of those. Yeah. Yes. And, and again, one of the things that you mentioned that I like is the ability for someone else to write those, those notes in the column, like you were talking about, whether it's another uh, verse or a quote or uh, their own prayers next to those things to be able to really, you know, I feel like, I feel like I'm looking at a blueprint of someone's house that I really admired. You know, I I walked into the house, thought it was beautiful and asked them for the blueprints so that Mm. I could take that and really make it my own, you know, and keep hopefully the bones that I really see that are great, but, but add those things that are really going to bring it out and make it mine. And and so, you know, I really feel like you've done that with this book, given a great blueprint that has your specific journey in here, but has allowed the freedom to to write my own things and to and to make it my own journey. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's really important to say because I do give a warning at some point. Just don't try to do this whole thing. It's not meant to do this whole thing. You're not meant to do, um, you know, pull this section out or that section out. Um, there are directions for how to make your own little notebook. Um, but I would I would hate for someone to feel. That oh great now I have this other thing to do before I can even start praying. Um, it's just that that would just be that would really grieve me if it added added a weight to people. Um, I think yeah that would please don't do that. No oh I, thank you for saying that Kathy and again that stands out to us. We grace is a common theme here in our podcast and it's mm-hmm. not something we've mastered as. Someone who said we wanted to master us. Um, I and that's obvious to me. I like that about you, Kathy. That you um, you're sensitive to that. And um, years ago, to go back to the legalism good habit uh, uh, helpful distinction you made earlier, um, I heard somebody say this, and he probably said it better than I'll paraphrase it. But 
basically he said legalism is when you make your elective someone else's requirement and you don't you don't do that and uh, i mean you know that i and i want our listeners to know it whenever you write a book on one of the disciplines or i know as a pastor preaching a sermon on one of the disciplines it's always a little mm-hmm. tricky and i'll try to tell my folks too um hey this is something i've done and as you know it's often been said that a text really has one meaning but there might, might be a plethora of applications and mm-hmm. I always say, please don't take this application as, oh, and here's exactly what you need to do and when you need to do it and how you need to do it. Because that – while I do think we're attracted um, to easier answers, just tell me what to do, you're right. Over time, they become burdensome um, mm-hmm. because you know they, they, they almost disinvite us from that relational dynamic with the Lord um, where we can just not have to – really think about what he's calling us to do um, and we can sort of go on autopilot. But you know, your book, I think, is, as Nathan said, it's creative. Uh, as I like to say, because I'm a food guy, it's a buffet um, <laughs> and has some really, really helpful um, uh, uh, helpful uh, materials in it that will be a catalyst for prayer. Thank you. You bet. You bet. And um, – I know, wow, our time has gone shortly here, Nathan, uh, yeah. or gone quickly, and I should say our time uh, remaining is short. Um, do you want to close it out or should I? Yeah. Um, so first of all, um, Kathy, thank you so much for, for joining us. We do want to let our listeners know that um, we want to give away um, – Greg, how many books do you want to give away? Two books. Two um, books. So uh, we, we want to give uh, two books away to our listeners. Again, uh, we want to we want to boost up Twitter as much as possible and use that medium. Uh, I feel like for our particular network, things get around and out through Twitter the best. Um, so we're going to go ahead. If you uh, retweet this out, uh, the podcast, then uh, you'll be entered in the contest to win. Um, if we have two people that retweet, we'll, you'll get the books. If we have more than that, you'll be put into the to the drawing um, for that. Um, so, Kathy, what we'd like to do is um, just uh, in, in, in a few minutes here, um, or with the few minutes that we have left, we want to turn it over to you because um, Greg and I know that anything – that is uh, that an author writes. They're they're pouring their heart and their soul into that writing. It is a passion of theirs. It is something that they are they are driven to do. Um, and so we just want to give you an opportunity to share um, and promote that passion that you have for prayer. So please, um, you know, in these next few minutes, take um, go ahead and take some time to really share that with um, our our listeners out there. Okay, um, well, I think what I'd say off, off the cuff is that my favorite quote in this book is the first one, Christ is the path and Christ the prize. So Christ gives us prayer as our means to him. It's our only means to him. Prayer is our only way to get to him, and he's given it to us. He he taught his disciples how to pray. He modeled prayer. And um, it's a wonderful, just a wonderful gift from his hand. It's not a, um, he's not imposing on us anything other than what is for our good and what is for our best. And I, I think when you do a study in the Bible on words like walk and path and light, you see that the Bible's full of images of needing light for our walking. And I, I, 
I always think that in our era of driving cars with bright lights on the front of them on smooth highways or, you know, walking, um, we don't go, we don't go anywhere really dark. You know, we walk in our house and flick on the lights. We don't, mm-hmm. we have flashlights if we have to go outside in the dark. We don't have that experience of what it must have felt like to hold a lamp that literally only showed um, a couple feet in every direction. And that is what prayer is for us. It's our light. Um, it's Jesus' light for us. And he's not going to show us too much. He's not going to show us too much of what's ahead um, because we probably couldn't handle that, right? He's going to just show us um, what we need for the next couple steps, and he's going to be our companion and guide. Mm-hmm. And um, so not only is he the destination that we're moving toward, but he's our presence there with us right there and our means to getting to him. Mm, excellent. So good. Thank you again so much. Um, again, for our listeners out there, um, retweet. Um, this podcast out on uh, out on Twitter, obviously, and you will be entered in to win um, Kathy's great book, Prayer Pathway: Journey in the Life of Prayer. Um, put yeah, out and there by- is some material on Facebook, Prayer Pathway on Facebook, and I have a, a new website that has some free downloadable stuff as well. Oh, excellent. 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 We'll make sure that we put all of that in the, uh, in the show notes for our listeners as well. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and grab those links and uh, we'll link all that in the show notes. And uh, Kathy, well, thanks we, uh, very much for your time. Oh yeah. And we, we, I was just saying, we love to use the word show notes because it makes it sound really professional. That's right. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. That's one of my favorite. We'll uh, put those in the show notes. Yeah. And it just sounds good. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to go ahead uh, and sign off. Great, Kathy, okay. we just rocked the Casbah. Rocked it. Ladies and gentlemen, you just finished listening to Kathy Whistlin talk about her new book, Prayer Pathways. This was, again, brought to you by PNR Publishing. Just want to announce the winners for last week's contest with Amy Bird. We had three winners. Uh, Lots of people retweeted this one, so we really appreciate all the publicity that you gave to Amy. Such a great book. Um, But our three winners, first one, Danielle Jones. Our second, Bobby Sperry. And our third, Andrea Cavanaugh. Danielle Jones, Bobby Sperry, and Andrea Cavanaugh. Thank you all for retweeting. We really appreciate it. And don't forget to win a copy of Kathy's book. Uh, Same thing. Just go ahead and retweet that out. We really appreciate it. All right. Hope you all have a great day. Bye. These go to 11.